The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cabo meal valid when product served. Welcome to episode number 50 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. And with me again, Dustin Galker and Adam Candy. You can find them on Twitter at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy. And of course, you can subscribe, rate and review us over on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. We would appreciate that guys we are going to talk about some DraftKings news we're going to talk about some numbers that have come out we are also going to talk about some of the things going on in the various states out there as we do each and every week but guys here we are um well into week number six seven eight depending on when you decided to go ahead and start quarantining and all of that and you know look we are we're starting to see some of these things come out and not to spoil what we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, but we're starting to kind of see the effects here, Dustin, on what this uh, quarantine has done to the gaming industry. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think this is any shock to anyone that uh, that sports betting is getting is getting hurt. You know, there's not there's no way it could even get a. Uh, small percentage of what it's doing before just with the basics of what's out there you know nfl draft we talked last week has, has helped but uh yeah we're going to start seeing you know the, the reality of what sports betting is going through and uh, just that there's not but that much out there even if you do have an online betting app still active you know and Adam, we are taking a look here let's start things off with this DraftKings news and this is something that we were monitoring way back when and it has finally Come to fruition. If you want to head over to the NASDAQ, you will find DraftKings listed. Accurate information. DraftKings goes public as of last Friday. They completed the reverse merger with SB Tech through Diamond Eagle Acquisition Corporation. They're listed on NASDAQ. You can pick up a share of DraftKings stock at $19 to $20, uh, the trading price right now after opening uh, closer to 17, so decent little bump for DraftKings. And uh, Dustin and I both got a bit of education yesterday as we were looking at the initial valuation for DraftKings being $6 billion on market cap. Uh, and essentially, uh, for those of us, I wouldn't say me because I know all of these things, um, but yeah, uh, for those of us who, who are learning a little bit uh, here, <laughs> market cap being uh, available shares of common stock uh, times the stock price, and that's where we get the six billion for DraftKings. Of course, be smart about what you're looking at out there. 
that six billion is a fairly easy number to get to once you know the way the formula works. You're going to see numbers ranging anywhere from about a billion to one crazy number of 13 billion uh, for a value on DraftKings. There's a difference between the market cap and the valuation. Valuation is a lot harder number to peg, involves a lot more factors uh, than that market cap does. So you know, stick with what you know, which is the six billion on market cap and uh, try to avoid some of those other crazy numbers that are being thrown out there. The, cra- the crazy number that is the, of all of this, though, is you know, DraftKings, DraftKings being six billion dollar company it makes about you know right and this is with sports maybe 400 million dollars 500 million dollars in revenue in 2020 let's say sports actually happened maybe north of that uh they're also launching an online casino in pennsylvania as of friday so but that that's a that's a crazy number it seems like a crazy number when you look at it for a company that is not yet making it's based again a lot on the what people think will happen to DraftKings in the future this is being put out there as a pure play for the for the u.s online sports betting and online gambling market. Uh, they have their own platform with SB Tech. So this is kind of unique in that there's not other there's not other companies that you can invest in invest in that are that are like this. But um, it is you know for me who's been in this for a long time uh, covering DraftKings when they're still doing pretty small raises and then they did a several hundred million with uh, led by Fox back in 2015. This is a, this is kind of wild to sit back and see where DraftKings has gone and is now this Pretty, pretty big uh, public uh, health, public health corporation now. And Adam, as we take a look at DraftKings here, and you said if you wanted to go and buy DraftKings, is this uh, is is this industry as we sit right now? Like, it, how how do we how do we viewing this? I mean, I know you guys are digging in this a little bit further than I. I mean, we were watching the gaming stocks kind of tank there for a while, and now we see just this incredible rally with all of these gaming stocks. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about Win and Sands and and Pin and MGM, and from where we were talking about them. You know, even I think it was about a month ago here on the podcast. I mean, we have seen, you know, win all the way all the way back up to eighty nine dollars a share as we talk about it here. Las Vegas Sands all the way up to forty nine dollars a share. And we've seen Penn and MGM and Boyd and and all of these, even El Dorado get back up uh, pretty, pretty good here. So, I mean, what what are we what are we seeing going on here since you've done a lot of research on this in the in the last, you know, 48 hours? You know, we've looked really closely at the DraftKings situation, probably more than some of those other general gaming stocks that you're talking about. And the DraftKings situation really seems to be based on speculation of what the future might be for sports betting more than what we see right now. You know, as Dustin mentioned, uh, the only reliable revenue for them right now is online casino. Obviously, there's no sports betting revenue beyond the NFL draft anywhere on the immediate horizon. You know, when you mentioned those other gaming stocks with those Las Vegas based operators, I think seeing the backing that those operators got from the federal stimulus has gone a long way to building some confidence in their futures. I think the uh, the beginnings of a restart in China go toward that as well. But overall, you know, the, this number on DraftKings that we're seeing right now, this six billion really does feel I'm not going to say high based on anything other than just to the quick eye test, but it does feel a little bit more based on potential than what we're seeing right here in this moment. And Dustin, um, one of the things I was looking into this and I shared to you on our kind of private chat here was one of the things that I did look when when I kind of dug in here is that 
Jason Robbins pretty much controls this company top to bottom still, even with this merger and whatnot. I think we saw that he own, you know, has 90% or something of the, the voting rights and still has just an incredible amount of shares when it comes to everything here. So while this is now a publicly traded company and there is going to be a, you know, a board and all the different things like that, it looks like Jason Robbins is still pretty much solely going to be calling the shots here. Yeah, I mean, the way this goes down, again, this is not a, an IPO, although we've, we've seen that uh, in, the, in the media as well. This is this was a reverse merger with a blank check company that basically allowed DraftKings to become public. So they kind of did it on uh, on their terms. Uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, you know, again, you could you could have bet against DraftKings at multiple points in their history and, and, and Jason and the founders. But they've they've basically bucked it every time they've they've come out on the other side. All right. Of everything. And, you know, this is. You know, uh, for everything that's happened, you know, they've carved out what what's a valuable company here in the United States. You know, again, another one of the crazy things to me is the is the the dichotomy between what happened to DraftKings and what happened to to FanDuel. Basically, the owners of of FanDuel uh, before they got out by, bought out by Patty Power Betfair now Flutter, they they got nothing out of it, uh, and and they got kicked out of the company. And here, DraftKings and their founders are you know sitting sitting pretty well. Uh, you know, the future is obviously you know in, in you don't know exactly what's going to happen with the stock and what's going to happen with the company, but right now everything looks looks pretty rosy and and good. It's it's definitely uh, you know uh, you're you're absolutely right that they you know they did they did this in a way that you know, if you're going to go go public, they did it on their own terms and and seem to come out of it pretty well. And Adam, we have a story up over at Legal Sports Report by Brad Allen that just takes a look at how you know the U.S. sports books are being hit by the coronavirus and what's going on with all of that. And we know the relationship between DraftKings and Canby and maybe even uh, maybe a little, let's not call it completely hard feelings going on here, but maybe a little bit of a shot taken by them. Uh, I believe that the kids might say Canby's statement makes it look like Canby's a little bit in its feelings. Uh, the quarterly report comes out from Canby and of course, uh, like most, op- you know, you know, I should say most suppliers, uh, there is a certain amount of caution in there, but they have pointed to the fact that their European businesses are holding up better than their American businesses. And they also pointed to the impacts of the coronavirus shutdowns as a reason to say, well, this is uh, one reason why outsourcing is still a pretty good idea because all but the largest companies who are uh, completely vertically integrated or, you know, might be potentially struggling a bit to do everything. So, yeah, uh, the Canby relationship with DraftKings, of course, will continue until all of SB Tech and DraftKings operations are merged together. That's not supposed to be till closer uh, toward the end of the year. But yeah, I thought that was a notable little piece of the Canby quarterly report that came out this week. So the only sporting event, quote unquote, sporting event that we have had to bet on in quite some time is the NFL draft, guys. I mean, it has been 50 days since an NBA game was played. So we figured that the NFL draft was going to do pretty massive numbers. Now, it's not going to really change the way that these states come out of this as far as handle goes for the month of April. But that being said, for a singular event that doesn't take place on a court or a field or whatever, uh, some pretty impressive numbers we are at least hearing initially coming out as to what the NFL draft did. Yeah, I would say that the numbers are 
close to in line with, if not a little better than even what we expected. Uh, William Hill, right after the draft finished on Saturday, put out some numbers saying that they did five times the amount of handle that they had done last year uh, on the NFL draft. They said that was comparable to what they might expect for a good Thursday night football game. Earlier in the week, we'd heard from the Sugar House folks that on Wednesday, so before the first day of the draft, they already had 90% of the handle that they would have had for the entire draft last year. And of course, the bulk of the money usually comes in right before the draft starts and as it's going on. So we know that at least from those two operators, the numbers were enormous uh, on the draft. And I think you guys would agree with me in general that for as much skepticism as we had about how it might be pulled off, that overall the, the NFL put out a passable event given the circumstances. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I was I was certainly entertained and thought that they did uh, pretty well. I mean, you know, Dustin, when we hear stuff that they're saying, you know, that this did comparable to like a Monday night football game. And we know that the island games Thursday, Sunday night and, and Monday night, that these games typically do really nice handle because they're on an island. I mean, you know, of course, we weren't going to get the hyperbole that you were that you were kind of making fun of where people saying, like, could we see? Super Bowl numbers and stuff. I was like, come on, man, that's absolutely absurd. But, um, you know, to to hear that it probably did what you would get on an island game like a Monday night football. I would imagine these sports books are, are feeling pretty good right now. Consider all things considered. I agree with that. I mean, it's you know, I think that's what the, the expectation was like a big primetime game. And then like William Hill comes out like this was like a big primetime game. And, you know, it was still it's still a very niche product, but there's you know, there's so little to do to keep your customers engaged. Like, you know, there is there, there's even been polling about what people are betting on right now. They're like, you know, table tennis is fine, but it doesn't really get the casual person betting and, and engage with their product. So, you know, the NFL draft, everybody, you know, it was pretty good numbers from from the from the rating standpoint obviously there was a live event that we could watch and also bet on so it, it had that now i think this also speaks to what you're going to see when you actually have some live events you're going to see similar kinds of things you're going to see if we have nascar races for instance in may you're going to see some some pretty big numbers for nascar this is not this is a pretty niche sport in the betting industry but there's there's a possibility just a lot of people will be be keyed into it so you know any anything that uh, you know sportsbook operators can can grasp onto right now as a vent where that's kind of mainstream. I think you're going to see a lot of that, a lot of interest in that. Now, while we think that these numbers for the NFL draft are going to look nice and fat, uh, what was not nice and fat? And this is, again, we talked about this, hinted at this at the top of the podcast was the numbers that are going to be coming out of these states for these months that have been hit here. And Nevada is no different. And Dustin, we saw a pretty big drop and a pretty drastic change uh, year over year for the Nevada numbers. Yeah, this is uh, Nevada trails all everybody else in reporting. So this is the last uh, of the March numbers that we're getting. But we, we finally got Nevada's numbers and it's about what we see, expected and what we saw with every other state. Handel uh, took a huge dive, 140 million or so in March. Uh, last March, it was almost 600 million. So uh, that's obviously, you know, 
most of the month without sports, no March Madness. March Madness is a bigger share of betting in in Nevada than it is in other states as well, just because it's a destination place to, to kind of bet on the on March Madness. So, uh, yeah, not not great, but it's also you know exactly what we expected. And you know, it's you know, the the online betting apps are uh, actually saw uh, an uptick over over a percentage. So obviously, that's the only way you can bet. No physical sports books open uh, right now or at the end of March. So, sixty three percent of, of handle was online in March and, you know, we'll see, you know, it's the kind of thing where you hope Nevada again sees the, the idea that mobile betting is good. You can still engage with people. You still have a chance to, you know, not, not again, not make really meaningful revenue while sports are closed down, but this, this mobile betting does help and at least keeps your, uh, you activated with your customers. Adam, we are pretty excited about what's going to be going on in Colorado. We get a new state joining the fold here of legalized sports betting in the United States. We get to see also a interesting case study here where, you know, we're talking about one of the really open markets out there. We're going to see tons of competition go on. So uh, Colorado looking like a, a fun state for us to track moving forward. The wild, wild west in a way, Matt, because it is a state that is a completely level playing field for operators large and small, old and new. We'll find out Friday what it's going to look like. As of Friday, Colorado sports betting will be live. As we have mentioned, there's not a ton to bet on right now, but you will see four sports books go live in Colorado. Uh, which four? I suggest you go to LegalSportsReport.com and check out the analysis that Brad Allen did of who really might benefit the most from starting Colorado sports betting without a lot of games to bet on. A good article by Brad checking that out. Of course, all of the state's 33 casinos are eligible to start a sportsbook app of some shape. We know that the mobile signup and funding can all be done remotely. We know that the casinos in Colorado are up in remote towns in the Rockies. We've seen 90% be the top number for share of handle coming from mobile that came out of Pennsylvania last month. Colorado has a chance to go over that. Uh, I saw some initial predictions of 95%, at least in the short term, that could be the case, of course, because casinos are still closed down. Uh, nobody can go and go to uh, bed in person right now. So you'll get a good look at that at the beginning. And Matt, just to uh, jump back quickly to Nevada there, that's no small jump going from 48% to 63% uh, in a state like Nevada that has been so traditionally resistant to mobile. Obviously, there was no choice. Uh, you know, you had to go and bet mobile as the casino shut down in the middle of the month. But there could easily be a long term lesson to be learned there for Nevada. And maybe there will be some lessons for Nevada operators like Superbook and Circa who are getting involved in this Colorado market that's going to be so huge for mobile handle. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I am. I am fascinated by what is going to go on in Colorado as well. I think that this is going to be one of the most fun states for us to cover for at least the next couple of years to see how this all plays out with these all of these guys kind of going at the market share there, trying to get customer acquisition. We do believe in, in a way that DraftKings and FanDuel will have the upper hand, not only because they're going to be willing to come in and spend a ridiculous amount of money marketing, but also they have been operating DFS there. And of course, the brands are familiar with the people who are in the state who play DFS and whatnot. But uh, it is going to be something else. I am cannot wait to see how that goes down. I guess we do have, um, if they launch on Friday, if everything goes as planned, it looks like there will be a UFC event on May the 9th. And so 
Uh, looks like that'll be the first kind of major thing that Colorado people will be able to bet on. So uh, the UFC might might be a uh, might get a, a lot of fanfare there in Colorado with the shiny new toy of being able to bet and it being the only sporting event in town. Um, they might be getting a, a nice little pay-per-view buy coming out of Colorado there, Dustin, because as we know. <laughs> One of the things we say all the time is you get engagement whenever you bet on something. And if it's the only thing to bet on, they're probably going to get some pay-per-view buys out of Colorado out of it. Yeah, you got to think. And, you know, it's, you know, there's already a little bit of a hotbed there. I think there's been, a, been some MMA in, in Colorado uh, before. It's definitely, you know, DraftKings is also running a million-dollar contest on the DFS platform. Aside from that, uh, you know, going back to what we we're talking about on the, the market. It is the first time we're going to see kind of Vegas and uh, you know the legacy European other sports books, uh, uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever, go up ahead again, head to head. You know they won't all be live day one, but you know Vegas sports books have have said uh, you know our pricing, all you know what we do. This is this is what makes us special. We're going to go in and compete, and you know they're they're not really going to have anything to fall back on. They've been saying this for a long time, and now they're going to go into an market. You know it's pretty it's wide open, and you know if if it works, it works. Uh, if it doesn't, uh, maybe back to the drawing board. You know, I'm gonna, I'm one of the ones who's gonna be betting that. You know, just opening up the doors and saying, "Here's our Vegas style sports betting app," which is not as good in terms of tech as 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 we're gonna see in the rest of the country and from the competitors in in Colorado. So that's the really fascinating part, I think, and it's you know, set it's setting itself up to be how that's gonna work, how it's gonna be, and whether you know whether these Vegas books and their their lines and pricing really do stack up and attract customers. We are obviously in some weird times right now. That said, we did have some pretty big news come out of Virginia here, Dustin. We talk about, you know, Colorado is going to join the fold officially on Friday. And now we have Virginia, at least a state that has done some passing over there. Yeah, this one was kind of the news came in kind of drips and drops, but uh, it is official in Virginia that the laws are, are enacted. The governor had signed it with uh, basically sent it back to the assembly there with, uh, with some recommendations in a special session. The the House and Senate there said, yes, this is this is good. We're going to take your recommendations. And that then turned it the Virginia sports betting uh, bill into law. So uh, Kind of the you know time frame is always the thing we're interested in here. Uh, is the law is effective as of July first? There's a regulations need to come out by September, so there is at least a chance that there could be sports betting in Virginia later this year. Again, with a, you know, the caveat of who knows how things are going uh, in the world, like. There's hard to believe that Virginia, a state that really hasn't had much in the way of gambling before now, is just going to suddenly flip a switch and say, oh, here's sports gambling right away. But, you know, we, so we saw Indiana go from zero to 60 really fast and get get online betting up and going. And there's at least a possibility that happens in Virginia. But, uh, yeah, as of today, as of now, we can officially put Virginia on the big board of states that have betting and indeed online betting. You know, that's the, obviously the big deal. If this was just brick and mortar casinos, we'd be. Less uh, less excited as part of that law, though, as part of the package of bills, they also legalized physical casinos there in Virginia. So anyway, if you're in Virginia or the D.C. area, you're going to have online sports betting sometime in the near future. Adam, one of the things that if they weren't following along with what was going on in Virginia, one of the things we talked about that was kind of interesting was the fact that there was a big, big push to make sure that the two uh tracks the when i talk about that like raceways in virginia were going to be included as well is as this finally got done uh it looks like that was the case right 
Yes, that was one of the big asks that came from the governor was the definition of a major league sports franchise that was in the bill. So that originally included the four major sports and it did not include NASCAR. Now, that provision, you have to understand where it came from. Uh, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington NFL franchise, was ping ponging back and forth between Maryland and Virginia and saying, well, I'd like to put sports betting in a new stadium. Can you get me sports betting in a new stadium? And both uh, both of those legislatures were considering whether they would do that. Uh, Virginia obviously gets its law passed. But what it also did was it gave Northam the opportunity to get NASCAR into the definition of a major league franchise. Now, don't expect that one of these tracks is going to be able to just say, okay, we're throwing up in the doors to a sports book, but it could set up a marketing agreement for either of those tracks to where you could include sports betting uh, within their offerings. So that was a big change uh, in that Virginia bill, one of the largest changes that the governor asked for. Uh, also, that change that included the background checks that some operators believe could cost them up to an extra million dollars in licensing fees was passed. However, uh, regulators there and operators seem to believe they can come to some sort of understanding that will adjust the definition of who has to get those background checks so that it won't cost quite that much. We talk a lot about DraftKings and FanDuel. They are entering these markets and pretty much taking over whenever they enter these markets, jumping straight to the top and as far as getting the volume and everything as far as players go. But, uh, you know, one of those guys that is sitting out there, one of the people that have come into the States, an Australian-based company, not a Euro-based company, is PointsBet. Adam, we, you know, we've talked about PointsBet here and there. We talk about, you know, listen, a, a nice app, uh has a different form of betting if you wanted to do the whole points betting thing. So they're trying to innovate a little bit. Uh, we've seen that their live in play stuff actually works pretty good. A big menu and whatnot. They scored, I'm not going to say stumbled out of the gate, but certainly haven't uh, really clawed into a big piece of the market share. But looks like there's at least something to, uh, at least a little bit of something looking up there for points bet. This points bet story, Matt, is a great lesson in don't believe everything you see in the first 12 to 18 months because it's not necessarily what the long term is going to look like. The biggest thing that I'm seeing from this points bet story by Matt Waters that comes off their quarterly call is a bump in handle share in New Jersey over a three month period from January to March versus the previous three month period from 4% of New Jersey handle to 5.6%. What we've been talking about in New Jersey forever is who's going to emerge as the number three in that market. FanDuel and DraftKings have been one and two for quite a while there. But in a market that's as robust as New Jersey, getting closer to 10% is no small potatoes. And points bet moved in a positive direction there over the last three months. Now, is it because of that product that they have? Uh, is it just because of familiarity and what has been a pretty big marketing budget for points bet? Tough to say uh, this early on, but a reminder that not just what you see initially is going to be what holds for the long term. Points bet making some noise there. And points bet has obviously put a, a pretty big wager on Colorado, too. They've opened up a headquarters in Denver. They're expecting to be a big player in that market. You know, when I talked to Johnny Aiken, the CEO, before points bet launched in New Jersey, he said, look, you know, we, we launched originally in Australia, as you mentioned, Matt, that's where they came from. And that was essentially proof of concept for the U.S. This is what they've been building toward 
for the entire time that they've been there. They said even when it was just an Australian market, that NBA betting was one of the biggest things that they had. So they've had some chances to practice and and get going here. They've got some sharp people and uh, that jump uh, of a percent and a half of the handle in a competitive market like New Jersey is worth noting. And Dustin, I think it's also worth noting, I think with points bet as well, is they are looking to be a player in nearly all of these states that are coming online that allow for online wagering. I mean, when we look at all of these states, uh, Adam just mentioned Colorado, but you know, any of the other ones, Illinois, Michigan, et cetera, where there is going to be online sports betting. Uh, it looks like that points bet is, is making a, a push to become a player in just about every state that they're allowed to. Yeah. And they're, they're being aggressive about it. They're not kind of just sitting back, you know, their, their goal is to, you know, try to get some share of voice right away. You know, we've seen that early days in New Jersey where they're constantly doing, you know, marketing and things to try to get in front of people's eyeballs, just, you know, the, the karma committee or whatever, where they uh, refund bets and things like that. And some people scoff at that, but, you know, I, I think, I think points bet has really differentiated themselves from a lot of the other players out there. You make like, you think when I like everybody else is a little bit generic to me, but points bet at least has this personality. It has, has something going for it. And uh, I think that, I think that's worth, that's worth something and moving forward in other States. I think the other thing that's interesting points bet is getting into online gambling. Uh, it looks like it's going to have an iGaming platform in Michigan, which is uh, in addition to legalizing sports betting is legalized online casino. So it has that coming as well. So, you know, points bet is, uh, you know, hoping to, recreate on a, maybe on a smaller scale, what DraftKings and FanDuel have done. And, and like Adam said, this is, you know, it's a, it is a long game, despite the fact that we have some, some leaders right now, you know, there's, 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 there's some companies like points better with, I think are pretty well situated uh, to, to do better moving forward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly not the same by any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, we talk about DraftKings and FanDuel and we talk about DraftKings and FanDuel from a DFS perspective and how they kind of got their, their name out there, but it's worth pointing out that they were, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they were kind of late to the game. I mean, there were several other DFS uh, sites and several other DFS versions of how to play the game and all that that were already out there and then DraftKings and FanDuel just came along and did it better Mm -hmm. and so you know I mean there's like like Adam said I mean it's still it's still early in the game here and definitely marathon not a sprint type situation so while there are people who have jumped out to the lead here, there it, it's no sure thing that they're always going to stay there. I mean, this is, uh, you know, people are certainly going to become more savvy when it comes to all of this and figure out different different things that they either like or don't like or what is important to them. And, you know, we're, I, I'm, I also am sitting back a little bit and saying, you know, look, yeah, there are these companies that are by and by and large, the, the market leaders as we sit here, April heading into May 2020. But does that necessarily mean that's going to be the same case May 2022, like two years from now? I don't necessarily think that I'm going to uh, going to hitch my wagon to that. I'm not either. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. It's uh, there's a it's again, it's a, it's a, we, we do make a lot out of the early days and that DraftKings and FanDuel have this big lead, but it's just a not guaranteed to happen for forever and ever. I mentioned uh, Illinois, Dustin. Um, don't want to get uh, past there without you uh, touching on some news coming out of there. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's been a long time. I mean, the backstory of this is Illinois has been a a flashpoint for uh, what's going on. What's go, what went on in the Illinois in the uh, 
DFS industry for a long time. I remember sitting around on a Christmas Eve whenever that went down. Was it two thousand yeah, two thousand fifteen? And uh, the Attorney General said uh, DFS is illegal gambling in the state. So there was a, a decision in a in a case that that happened. You know that said at least this limited, uh, limited uh, holding of certain types of DFS contests are uh, basically head-to-head contests in this, in this lawsuit that happened are, are games of skill. Uh, this would have been obviously great information to have a long time ago when, uh, when DraftKings and FanDuel were going through all their legal problems uh, in various states, including Illinois. So, um, yeah, so this is, it's an interesting one. I, this, was, this one's hard to sum up with, uh, in, a, in a podcast. This is a great read by John Holden over at Legal Sports Report. So if you have more interest in, in the law and how it intersects with DFS, uh, you know, that, that, was our, that was our wheelhouse once upon a time before sports betting came around. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is still an interesting footnote to the, the, everything that's happened in the DFS industry and what led us to have DraftKings and FanDuel today. Adam, one of the biggest debates and shocking to me that it is even a debate, but there are people out there who still believe that, you know, college athletes are only entitled to a scholarship and that that should be enough for them. And it doesn't even matter that these football programs and athletic programs and football programs in particular uh, make just massive amounts of money and, and that it is definitely a business and it's not and it is a for profit business. There's no doubt about that. And these athletes don't really capitalize on any of that because there's not allowed to make money off of what they are doing by putting the butts in the seats and selling the, the hats and the jerseys and the, and the, and the hot dogs and everything like that. But a pretty big announcement uh, came through and we are looking here at, you know, now this name and image and likeness thing could actually put a little bit of money in these guys' pockets. But how would that actually come around to, to sports betting with all that? It's interesting how long this has taken to come to fruition, Matt. Uh, you know, we're talking about this story today, as we should be. It's big news. But I mean, this is years in the making for the NCAA to catch up with the rest of the world when it comes to compensating athletes potentially for their name, image and likeness uh, usage. So the news is that the NCAA Board of Governors has uh, approved some guidelines for student athletes being able to have endorsement deals regarding their name, image, and likeness. What we saw in those guidelines, though, is that it seems to exclude tobacco, alcohol, and sports betting uh, as the sort of vice categories of those through which athletes can get some sort of endorsement. Uh, could that change potentially? But I mean, there's so much that's archaic about NCAA policy, even as legal sports betting has spread across the country in the past two years. We've still seen the NCAA lag behind the professional sports leagues in terms of their acceptance of legalized gambling. And when it comes to this issue in particular, look, if you're someone who would love for your boss to make more money while you work harder, if you're someone who thinks that in labor disputes in sports that the players already get enough, the owners should make more, then you might empathize with where the NCAA is coming from. Otherwise, this is a long overdue victory for student athletes. 
Yeah, it is. It, like you said, I mean, it's just it's pretty crazy that this has been an argument as long as it has. I can't I can't believe that it even lasted this long. Um, Dustin, I imagine you fall on our side here, if not for anything, you probably grew up like me playing NCAA football on uh, various video game platforms. And then they stole that and took that away from us. And damn it, if that means that I get NCAA football back, then this is all worth it. Apparently you're not though. That's what's the sense. And like there people are more excited. We're more excited about that prospect. <laughs> and that's gotten kind of shut down from what I've seen is that the NCAA there's, I mean, it's not quite as easy as that NCAA, whole rigmarole for NCAA to get back into that. And they seem to be not interested in licensing that. So I don't know. It's uh, I, I would love to have NCAA football back. It's, it is probably like the most interesting out of the whole sports franchise. And it's kind of, it was, it was kind of fun to build a, a football program in that game, but I'm not sure we're getting, we're getting that back as a result of this, unfortunately. NCAA, if you're listening out there, you better give us the damn NCAA football game back. All right. <laughs> like this is listen at all this. That's all I'm asking for at all this. Like, I mean, just give me the damn game back. This is all we're we're looking for here. Pretty soon, though, uh, DraftKings will have 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 pulls on simulations of, of what 2003 NCAA football. So, right, yeah. I mean, it depends on how much longer this lasts. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Adam, were you a, were you an NCAA were you an NCAA football game player? The national powerhouse I built at UNLV was remarkable. I mean, year after year, the recruiting classes that we were able to bring in were remarkable. Uh, We won five consecutive national championships. And as we know, that reflects real life, same as UNLV football. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, and you were able to get like what 13, 14 five star recruits every single recruiting class. I mean, that's that's oh, because that's consistently <laughs> top five, consistently <laughs> top five in the country. I mean, I, I was the Nick Saban of recruiting classes. <laughs> oh man, that was that really was incredibly fun. You would like get pissed off if you didn't get a five star recruit that you were going for. It's like it was like a, you're like you were just you felt you were entitled to get all the five stars that you went after. Like everyone, everyone that you offered, like when one would turn you down, you'd be like, "What in the hell? How do you mean you're here? going to Alabama instead of UNLV?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so great. Uh, all right, Dustin. Before we get out of here, I'm going to get you to fill us in on a few little quick hitters here, and then also. Uh, uh, you know, let everybody know how it is to uh, chase a cat at night underneath your porch. Uh, I mean, if you would, if you're betting on me versus a, a cat who's escaped, bet on the cat. Although the cat was eventually <laughs> procured and, and returned to the inside of the house after it had never been outside in its whatever 13, 14 years of existence. So good fun. Uh, broke up the pandemic uh, quarantine pretty well to, to do that. Good exercise, too. I'm glad you were able to secure the cat. I, I feel I'm, I'm glad for you, man. Yeah, if it was a sad story, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Flutter and Stars, though. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, we kind of forget this is going on, but these two giant online gambling companies in the midst of all of this are, are merging Flutter and the Stars Group. This is, you know, the company that owns FanDuel the company, and, the, and the company that owns Parker Stars becoming one. The shareholders of both have now approved the acquisition. The, the, just, just last week, uh, Stars Group approved that their part. Uh, the deal is supposed to close in May with, uh, you know, if there, it doesn't seem like there's anything now stopping this from going through. So, and uh, I don't think we expect this to be like earth shattering things happen right away. But this, this again, when we, when the story broke, this is a, an absolutely huge company uh, becoming, being one. This is, you know, uh, the company that again, owns Fox bet is stars grip uh, in, in the U S it, you know, it has, uh, 
just just a lot going for it, especially in the U.S. I mean, this is an international deal with lots of implications for the U.K. and Europe and, and elsewhere. But this is uh, this creates a potential powerhouse in in the U.S. in that you can you know cross sell on the online casino, online poker that that uh, both groups excel at, and the and the sports books, FanDuel obviously leading the way. Foxbet is you know probably a top five operator right now, and, and and obviously has the might of the Fox brand behind it. So this is this is happening, and looks like it'll. Uh, be a thing that happens next month and uh, we'll have this even larger uh, online gambling company together. And I, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking consolidation in this space is not done. Uh, you know, I don't think this company is going to, this new company is going to add anything, but uh, there's going to be probably other companies that become one uh, as, as things go on here. And especially with as businesses are hard hit by everything that's going on in the world right now. If you want to read more about that, that is at our sister site, onlinepokerreport.com. One of the other stories over there, Dustin, is the fact that some of these smaller casinos were actually eligible to get some of these loans. This was a thing that was pretty big when it first came out that, you know, they were the, the AGA was really kind of speaking out about how some of the what they felt to be some of these businesses got unfairly left out the first go round. But it looks like this time around, they are going to get some relief. Yeah, casinos can get uh, these these loans from the federal government now. Um, you know, this like you said, this, they, they missed out in the first round. This might be too late for some of them. And you know, the casino industry. You know, we think of you know the MGMs and the Caesars and the Wins and all of that, but there are just tons of of little casinos. Uh, you know, either run by tribes or run by um, or run by smaller. Uh, regional operators you know, these and these are obviously jobs that are important to, to communities around the country you know there's you know, like in states like Mississippi what there's uh, I, there's a ton of casinos uh, all over the state that you know they, that aren't always owned by these large corporations so and uh, yeah while well, the you know the big corporations have kind of made it out of this are, are looking like they'll make it out of this okay and are actually being aggressive on not wanting to open up operations like you know a few months of not operating on these small casinos is definitely going to hurt and you know in a small neighborhood a small community uh, where some of these exist it's definitely going to hurt those communities so it's good news that some of these some of these casinos can get uh, get some help now and one of the other big stories over at one of our sister sites at play pennsylvania is just we talked about the alternative revenue for some of these other Gambling companies out there and DraftKings actually going to be launching online casino over in Pennsylvania. Looks like that that is going to happen as soon as May the 1st. So if you live in Pennsylvania and that's something you're interested in, story is over at Play Pennsylvania as well. Uh, Adam, before we get out of here, um, you know, Legal Sports Report, all of these stories, I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're in what considered for as far as sports goes, you know, I mean, our, our, some of our other sites out there uh, having a tough time figuring out things to talk about because there are no actual sports going on here. But I mean, you guys really, I mean, look, numbers keep coming out and things keep happening and there are laws that are continuing and bills that are continuing to move along or not move along or whatever it might be. So um, still a lot of, still a lot to talk about here, despite the fact that we are in kind of the middle of this really weird time. Matt, I kicked off a couple of projects that I can't uh, give full information to our audience about quite yet when sports betting shut down, thinking I was going to have plenty of time to work on those projects. And that has not been the case at all. Uh, There is still a good volume of news coming in, a lot of stuff over at LegalSportsReport.com for us to keep up with. So, yeah, I definitely encourage people to uh, 
to keep up with us. Uh, stories like DraftKings going public have been of huge interest, especially for those who might potentially want to grab a few shares of DraftKings. And we'll have all the coverage of that over at LSR. One thing that I don't think we're going to have a full story on, but the people need an update on from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, have you become a master pepper grower? Uh, I have roses in my backyard now. I do have that, but they are being eaten by some sort of little bug that uh, that is that is making them not look as rosy as they should. And so we're trying to figure out how to combat these little bugs that are attacking my my rose bushes. I decided that I was not going to be the expert pepper grower, but instead was going to make something very beautiful in these uh, in these roses in my backyard. But uh, bugs are the bugs had other ideas. And so, um, you know, any any ideas out there as to how to combat whatever these bugs are that are eating my roses at Matt Brown M2 on the Twitter machine? I, my 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 DMs are open like I'm, I'm taking all suggestions. The Eagle Garden yeah, slide report on into Matt's DMs. Soon. <laughs> yeah. seriously yes slide, slide, slide on right in let him know what to do because you know matt has used his quarantine time to uh you know to take time and and grow the roses so so help him out grow and smell right i mean i'm trying to i, I had to grow them so i could smell them if there's anything that we know you'll do, it's grow and smell. <laughs> that is, there's no doubt about that. As we mentioned, a couple of these stories we're talking about, the uh, Flutter and Stars deal, the, the the small business, the small casinos getting the business loans and whatnot. Over at Online Poker Report, our sister side and the uh, DK Casino stuff is at Play Pennsylvania. But all the rest of the everything that we talked about here on the podcast, you can find and read in detail over at LegalSportsReport.com. So please go ahead and do that and follow Dustin at Dustin Gowker at Adam Candy. That is two E's, no Y on Twitter as well to stay updated for everything that's going on as well as all of the hot takes that Dustin can dish out. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. And guys, we made it 50 episodes. Can't wait for the next 50 and uh, looking to celebrate episode number 100 with you uh, with you guys and hopefully in some, uh, some better times as well. For Adam, for Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal valid when product served. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.